everyone. Um, thankful for this opportunity to um, uh, come and, uh, as it were, virtually meet with you on, uh, on Mother's Day. And certainly I can uh, relate to our brother AJ's um, appreciation for his mom, who we, we know is an awesome uh, mother, and also my own mother, uh, and many uh, spiritual mothers that I've had that have truly helped me uh, grow in the gospel and appreciate all that uh, God has done for me. Um, my, uh, my sermon today uh, is going to be about Mary, the highly favored mother of Jesus Christ, and being favored of God. And um, hopefully we're going to find that we can relate to Mary in ways that we um, didn't realize. Um, so um, before we get into the scripture, there's something... Um, that I really want to emphasize that, I, that is underlying um, mothers and service to God. And that is love. Just uh, the love that God has shown us that allows us to have an abundance of love in our life. Is that when we see that little child and it's born, that there's just something inside that want, makes us want to give. It makes us want to raise that child up. That makes it worth any of the discomfort and, and um, hardship that we face. And that, that same love is what motivates us to go out and, and um, bring the gospel to souls that don't have it. To, that makes us want to see other people be comfortable in their lives. If I, if I look at what has motivated the missionaries, what motivates me as a, as a minister, is, is, it's because God has put so much love in my life that it makes me want to love others. And that is just an underlying thing that, that is so important that it's not about doing things, you know, to check boxes for works. It's about doing things out of the love of God because he has just been so good to us that we want to do for others. And that is, um, that's the love of a mother. That's the love of a saint that shows love to other people. So um, God really knew what he established, the role of motherhood. And there's a lot of spiritual parallels uh, when we look at what motherhood involves and what our walk with the Lord involves. It starts out with a willingness to sacrifice. And I, I just think, uh, you know, I'm privileged to be a, a dad. And I look back at when my wife was uh, carrying the children and all the discomfort and the pain of delivery and... Uh, even um, the um, afterwards, you know, the demands on mother that are made. And, uh, you know, it, that willingness to sacrifice, because it's not like she didn't go into it knowing that there was going to be all these things coming up. And, uh, you know, I would, I would have to confess, if you only look at the short term, in my opinion at least, uh, little babies are overrated in terms of the amount of enjoyment that you get compared to how much reward there is. But uh, if you look at the long, you know, especially because we had colic with, with ours, and so uh, you know, I can still remember um, you know, days of nonstop crying baby, you know, just like taking turns dealing with trying to, to calm them, just turning to my wife and saying, we used to be happy. You know, it was like, this was not fun. This was not what I signed up for. But uh, right now, our kids are grown. They are priceless. They, you know, it was absolutely worth it. If I had to do it again, would I do it? Absolutely. 
They are just a blessing, and I thank God for them. And, you know, and that's where our, our walk in the gospel is sometimes, that it's not always fun, you know. There are times when, when serving God involves sacrifice, it involves discomfort, it involves, gee, if, if I never did this, I wouldn't be going through that. But the rewards more than compensate for the, the, uh, the difficulties and the challenges and the work, and especially salvation. How do you put a price on that compared to um, anything that, that, that you would have uh, if you didn't serve the Lord? So there's a lot of parallels there, and I... I um, just, we're going to, as we go into uh, looking at Mary's life, you know, we realize that when she took on uh, bearing Christ, she took on all of that, you know, knowing the pain, the discomfort, the shame that was going to come um, from being an unwed mother, even. You know, there, there were things that, that she had to bear that we don't really think about sometimes. So, um, you know, definitely, I think it, I would not be exaggerating to say she's the most famous mother of all time. And I think that I would like to look at, at uh, what, how that went for her. So we're going to be looking today in the first chapter of Luke, starting at the 26th verse, and just kind of going through this. And I want you to really uh, kind of put yourself and, and imagine that, that these things are happening to you to a degree and how you would respond. So I'm going to start reading at the 26th. Um, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. These are familiar scriptures. I could use this, script, this uh, sermon for Christmas if, if, some, if people forget it, so don't be surprised. Um, so, uh, you know, just... Uh, the circumstance of Mary tells us that she was probably very young, probably a, a young teenager, because if she was older, uh, she, she was, we know that she was a spouse to Joseph. She probably would have been married to him if she was old enough to be married. So this is, this is a pretty young girl. And this is, um, in the 28th verse, we read that the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So just stop for a minute and, and imagine if you had an angel appear to you in your room and suddenly say that you're highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. She's thinking to herself, who am I? Right? Wouldn't, isn't that the way we would think? She's not thinking, I'm special. Yeah, of course I get this recognition. Uh, it, it, it had to just blown her away. It would, it would just be shocking for any of us. Um, and the angel said unto her in the 30th, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. You know, this is the second time here that, that the angel is saying, you found favor. God has, has looked at you and he's pleased. And we're going to talk about this favor later on a lot more because it's very, very important. We want to understand what does it mean, you know, when you find favor with God, and uh, what are the benefits, what are the blessings? Because uh, definitely um, that was a differentiator for Mary, that the Lord selected her. He didn't just choose her because of her looks. He didn't randomly say, I'm going to find somebody. But he must have seen her heart, he must have seen her willingness, and said, this is somebody I can work with. 
This is somebody that I can mold. This is somebody that's going to be looking to me for direction, that is going to be seeking to be an instrument and a blessing. And, and the life that she lived, the attitude she had, please God. The choices she made were within his will. And, and he had to know that she was going to accept this. The 31st, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. So she, um, unlike most of us, she has been told at a very early point in her life, this is exactly the plan that I have for you. I mean, this is a really specific mission that she had, that she was given. Now, I'm going to ask you to just um, stop and think about it, because we can't all have a baby. We're not all going to have God tell us in, in such specific terms that I'm going to, I'm going to uh, have you become uh, pregnant and carry this baby and raise it and all that kind of thing. However, you know, when we become a part of the gospel, when we start walking with the Lord, we have a commission to represent Jesus Christ. And that is something that we all carry and that in our lives we are uniquely suited to represent Christ to others. And that part of what God wants us to do is to develop as um, children of God, to develop as a representative of Jesus Christ, that the talents, the gifts, the abilities that we have, that we focus those things on bringing honor and glory to God and pointing others to Christ. That's our mission. That's our unique mission, is to take that which we've been blessed with to be an instrument in God's hands. So we, in that way, can you know, relate to Mary, that, that it's different, but it's no less important as far as for us to do what, what we have, God wants us to do. In the 32nd chapter, he shall be great, or verse, he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So Mary, in, in bearing Christ... Um, Christ changed everything for all of us. You know, I mean, he brought salvation. His, he he um, established his kingdom on the earth and set up how that we should live. I mean, it, it was huge. It was life-changing. But I want us to just stop and realize that, you know, when God called us in the gospel, uh, if we follow his direction, we follow his will, we also have the ability to be life-changing for other people. And, and we see that around, um, you know, if we look at, um, you know, I just think of my own family and with my own um, grandparents, what a life-changing thing that it was when the gospel of Jesus Christ was introduced to our family. There was some, some um, without going into detail, there was a, a, a condition upon uh, my paternal grandfather that was very, very, terrible and disruptive to our family, to his family life. And when he met the gospel, the Lord uh, relieved him of that in a miraculous way. And since then, there are you know, generations that have come into the gospel that have been able to be healthy and happy and, and found purpose and love and salvation even for those that have passed on through Jesus Christ. So, so that is, you know, because of the testimony that my grandparents received, there have been generations of, of um, blessings that have followed. And I would hope that each of us has generations of blessings as we carry on the gospel and bear a testimony. So, you know, this is each one of us here now. You know, we're not Jesus Christ, but he has empowered us to be life-changing. And that's 
that's exciting. You know, we, we can keep souls from ending up in hell. How important is that? What is a soul worth? That's a powerful thing that God gave you. So the 34th verse, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Do we understand how God is going to work with us? You know, does he tell us exactly how things are going to play out? Absolutely not. We just need to do our best, and God will steer our lives if we seek to be um, following his direction and seek to be an instrument. What's impossible for, God, for us is an opportunity for God to demonstrate his power. Um, 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Now, in that case, the angel is talking about um, how that she was going to conceive a child. But, you know, the gift of the Holy Ghost is something that we're given after we're baptized and the, the uh, hands are laid upon us. And that Holy Ghost, it's what we do with our lives, uh, how much the Holy Ghost influences us, that's up to us. You know, how much do we foster a communication with God? How much do we uh, study the Word of God? How much do we pray? The, the more that we do that, we can have the Holy Ghost come upon us, as it were, to accomplish great things. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You know, so, so that, that thing that is born of us, certainly Christ can be manifest through us. And that's um, you know, through baptism and reception of the Holy Ghost, as we said. You know, we, we are going to be reflecting the Son of God to others. For many people, the only Christ that they'll see is what they see in our life. It's a very powerful thing. 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth... She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. You know, so we see that even as God gave Mary this very um, amazing message, he sent witnesses uh, even through her cousin Elizabeth. And you know, if we read farther on the chapter, we see how the babe leapt in, leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Uh, confirmations along the way to Mary that, in fact, the message of the uh, angel was to be fulfilled. Um, because, frankly, I'm sure in Mary's life there were times when it wasn't all exciting and wonderful. You know, I mean, they had, um, they had some, some very difficult things. You know, think about even uh, this. I, I, this. This is sometime, one time I looked on the map to see, because we know that after Christ was born, in order to avoid having um, the baby killed by Herod's uh, men, they had to get out of um, the uh, Bethlehem and Jerusalem area, out of, out of Israel, and go to Egypt. And I looked on a map one time, and to go from where they were to Egypt is about uh, 350 miles, which is like going from Phoenix to San Diego. Now, if you think about that trip, if for those of us that have made it, it's basically through the desert, only... When you're driving, it's six hours. When you're on a donkey, it's many days, and it's not like there were rest stops along the way. There was not hotels. You're talking about having an infant traveling in the heat or whatever you know conditions, looking for water, looking for food. Um, very difficult circumstances, and uh, you know to have that assurance that the Lord gave her witnesses along the way that hey, I'm with you. This is the plan. Um, that's, in our lives, God gives us witnesses. He gives it through the testimony of the other saints. He gives it through his word where we see fulfilled prophecy all over the place 
uh, through miracles that we experience in our lives, you know, and in our families. Um, all these things strengthen our faith and help us to go through those, those deserts where we, we find ourselves facing challenges, facing difficulties. Uh, the the um, 38th verse, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. So here we see, again, she was favored because she was submissive. Because she was saying to the Lord, whatever circumstance you see fit to put upon me, I, I accept that and I am going to support it and I'm going to do it knowing that it's for your honor and glory, it's for your purpose. And, um, and she trusted and she believed the word of God. And that's another key point is that she had that faith, trust and belief that what God told her was going to happen was going to be fulfilled and that uh, whatever difficulty was going to be worth it. Uh, and the angel departed from her. And uh, I am sure that there are times when we feel like God is speaking to us and where he's uh, revealing his word and his truth, and there's times when we don't sense that. And um, that doesn't mean that he's not there for us. Sometimes it takes effort that we need to go into his word. Uh, we need to... Uh, go to church and listen to the testimonies and listen to um, the brothers in their preaching. You know, he, he gives us his word in lots of ways and we have to put some effort for sometimes and listen and seek and pray to, to have that communication go. It's not always like, like so obvious to us. And when we find ourselves not feeling like God is speaking to us and directing us, that should be a clue that there's something in our life, there's something that we can do uh, to, to make that communication, to open those lines up again, because it really, he wants to communicate with us. And, and, um, and in Mary's case, we see that even as the angel departed, we see that, that it very shortly thereafter, the Lord revealed himself again. So I want to talk a little bit more about finding favor with God and what, the, what we see in the scripture about finding favor. And um, that is something that happens not just with individuals in the scriptures, but even with, with groups of people. Uh, we see that at times Israel found favor with God, and at times they found disfavor. And when they found favor, they were blessed. They had prophecies, they had revelation. He um, protected them from their enemies, he prospered them. And when they turned to sin, how that they lost that. And then there's individuals that found favor with God. And I can go on and on. You know, I, I mean, you look at Noah, Moses, Esther, uh, Nephi, the son of Lehi, the brother of Jared, Moroni, Alma, Daniel. I mean, we can go through the scriptures and there's so many that God used to accomplish great things. And there's some attributes that they have that made them favored of God that, that I want to look at because I think that we can learn from them just like Mary being one of those people that was favored of God. And there's some things that were in common. And um, first, they believed God. You know, uh, we need to believe. And, uh, you know, the scripture tells us that believing comes from hearing and hearing the word of God and exposing ourselves to it and um, seeing how God works in the scriptures and in the lives of others. Belief. And, and when I say belief, I'm not talking about the belief as in, well, I believe God created the universe. I'm talking about um, get in the wheelbarrow belief. Like if you remember the story of crossing the um, Niagara Falls on a, on a tight wire. 
and where the, um, the tight wire thing said, do you believe I can cross this? And the people said, yes. And he said, are you willing to get in the wheelbarrow? You know, sometimes the Lord asks us to get out of our comfort zone, to put ourselves out there, to take a risk, uh, you know, what, what is perceived as risk if we don't believe. You know, that's the kind of belief that he's looking for. Another thing that he's looking for is righteousness. You know, the, 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 the kind of righteousness that comes not out of following rules, but the kind of righteousness that comes out of a desire to please God more than a desire to please ourselves. Uh, the kind of righteousness that comes out of getting a sense of joy and purpose from doing the things that God wants us to do and avoiding those things that are going to interfere with our relationship with him. Another thing is humility. And when I say humility, it's not that we feel terrible about ourselves, but a humility that's a proper appreciation for the greatness of God and a recognition of our unworthiness before the Lord. Um, you know, these people had a sense of purpose and mission, and um, that was something that drove them to do, to put themselves out there, to expose themselves to an um, uncomfortable situation, uh, even some of the battles, you know, we see some of the, the names that I named. These people went out and physically fought uh, to defend uh, their people because they, they saw that they had that purpose and that mission. And also they had a burden for the souls of those that were dependent upon them and, and for the souls of mankind. You know, in many cases, uh, it wasn't a, a physical battle that was being fought, but it was a battle for evil that souls would not go to hell, but that they would, that they would have salvation. And obviously there's a, a, a love of God that, that underlies willingness to do for others that all of these had, and, and a joy in service. Um, and, it, and these people, in, in, you know, it was a matter of them being willing to do what God wanted. Um, and we, you know, what are the benefits of being highly favored? You know, there's, um, first thing is that there's a, an, a relationship with God that they had, a communication, and they received direction from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and sometimes directly from God in some ways. There's a manifestation of, the, of God's presence in their lives and the gifts of, of the Spirit. And blessings, natural and spiritual, and of course, ultimately salvation, you know, which is the greatest gift. Um, so, uh, you know, we talked before about uh, Mary and um, her unique mission and the fact that she did not know exactly what was going to happen. But if we look later in her life, she got to see Christ performing miracles. Um, she got to see him bringing souls to Christ. She got to see him, you know, even change water into wine. And even though I'm sure it was miserable to watch him get crucified, she got to see the resurrected Christ. And, you know, the scripture, I don't, I don't know that it says that she saw him in this life resurrected, but if she didn't see him in this life, she saw him in the next one. And that's for all of us, you know? How wonderful is that going to be, to have that opportunity to see Christ risen in glory and, and to be with him? And, you know, when I was thinking about um, people that find favor with God, I'm reminded of um, people that I've seen in my lifetime that were willing to step out in faith. And, uh, you know, this last year... 2019, we lost a couple of evangelists that, um, to me, really uh, were favorite of God. I think of uh, 
what, both of these brothers were very gifted in terms of their intellect and their skills and their ability to accomplish things. Both of them walked away from very lucrative careers that they might be able to go to relatively remote reservations and serve the people there and bring the gospel, and not just the gospel, but help them in, even in their natural needs. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had an occasion to listen to one of the last sermons of one of these brothers, and the joy and the purpose that he carried to the very end of his life, there was no question in my mind that he felt that it was worth, worth it. You know, so if he would have stayed in the big city and made a lot of money, it wouldn't compare to the, the joy and the, and the um, blessings that he received by being an instrument in God's hands to the very end of his life and, and um, you know, for both of these brothers. And, um, I, I, you know, some, some people have special gifts like that and some people are just a little bit more ordinary. And, and when I moved to, um, to Phoenix area uh, 38 years ago, there was a, a middle-aged sister in the branch that um, I met that um, the Lord had put it upon her heart to, um, to be a, a, a mother, as it were, to the, the impoverished uh, Native Americans on the reservation near her home. And so when, when I moved here, she uh, got, got us involved in uh, visiting the youth home and uh, doing lessons with some of the, the children. You know, she basically... When, when the Lord kind of put this upon her heart, she didn't wait for a revelation or anything like that. She just started saying, well, what can I do to help these people? And it started out where somebody's house didn't have any windows on it, doors and windows. And uh, when she found out about that, she got a few people from the branch and, and said, okay, we're going we're gonna to put doors and windows on this family's house. And I mean, we're talking about in the desert here. It gets hot. There's scorpions. You know, it's it's bad and and that's what they were dealing with they had little children and um, and so they put doors and windows on the house there was experiences even in doing that uh, got clothes for them and such and eventually this the, the father of the household became a, a member of the church um, and then she went beyond that and started visiting families all over on the reservation and realized that they needed clothing and the, the um, tribe had an empty room in their building, and she went to them and said, you know, um, I think I could get some used clothing and organize it, and, uh, and we could get something, make it for, sell it for token amount of money to the people here. And sure enough, that became um, a store called uh, Helping Hands that, that people went to, and even today, you know, that's still there for, for years afterwards. And, and it ended up that she was able to mentor people on how to run a store and, and give jobs. And um, there were many blessings through that. And that what really blew me away, because I'm an architect, and, um, and she had no skills at all as far as, like, she was just a, um, a billings clerk at a, at a car dealership. That was her job. And, it, and the Lord put it upon her heart that there was no park on the reservation. There was no place for the families to go and have picnics. There was no uh, basketball courts. There was no lawn for the kids to play on and play equipment. And um, she didn't have any money. They, she did not, 
she and her husband never had a lot of money to barely just pay their own bills and live very modestly. But the Lord put this upon her heart and there, through a, a series of miracles, she just drew up a rough sketch and started contacting um, different uh, construction companies and they would come and they would bring their, their extra concrete after they had a load and pour to make slabs and sidewalks and basketball courts. And uh, there were times when, when she needed money and she would go and pray before the Lord and, and a check would appear just when she needed it to be able to pay for different things. And it ended up that they actually built a beautiful park from nothing. Literally, the tribe had this vacant land and they said, well, if you want to try building a park, build a park. And they ended up with trees and basketball courts and ramadas and, and restrooms and you know all these things that you look and you say it's impossible. And, and when I look at an example like that, how the Lord can take somebody with a good desire and demonstrate that it's not us that do it, it's Him. That's, that's what it is to be highly favored. When we become highly favored, God can work with us and God delights in, in taking us to a place where we look and we say, I couldn't have done that. It was the Lord that did it. That's where he wants us to be. So you can see where I'm going with this. What keeps us from finding favor with God? You know, I, I went through uh, a list of things. And, um, you know, I think that God wants all of us to be highly favored. He wants each and every one of us to be highly favored. He wants the Church of Jesus Christ to be a highly favored group of people that he can use. And um, just, uh, you know, the church was given two revelations last year indicating that, that God was displeased with the fact that we've become distracted from our primary mission to serve him. And I think, um, you know, and I'm not going to go back into that, but, um, you know, part of the message was that the things of this world have become too much of a priority in our lives. And it's very interesting to note that, you know, right now we're going through this COVID-19 pandemic. And you've got to wonder, is this the Lord, did he allow this so that he could just kind of give a little emphasis and say that, you know, we're becoming distracted and I'm going to get your attention here. And I'm just going to shut everything down. I'm going to shut down a lot of what is distracting you and, and kind of get you to wake up. And, um, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, but perhaps that is why that this has been allowed. And um, for those of us that received the gospel email messages, um, just this past week, uh, the apostle sent out a letter asking us to seek to increase in righteousness and to uh, set aside this coming week that we might spend time in fasting and prayer, we might examine our lives and we might look and see where we may have, have not made God the priority that we should be. We might look and see if there's elements in our life for which we should repent and, and fast and pray that we might draw closer to the Lord and, and truly be a, a highly favored people that could be used by Him to accomplish the great work of the restoration, to restore um, this gospel, to bring forth this gospel message uh, to his chosen people and, and to be instruments in his hands. You know, and that's what I'm going to encourage you all is that there are great blessings in store. You know, we have the restoration. We have, we have a greater knowledge of the gospel. The, the Lord restored the gospel 
um, and he brought forth the Book of Mormon that we might be able to have a closer relationship with him, that it would be easier for us to be highly favored than if we didn't have that. And, um, you know, I, I refer sometimes, if you ask my kids, I, I always reference um, the 12th chapter of Luke, where he basically tells us, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I think we need to set a higher standard for ourselves, that the Lord has blessed us with a greater knowledge of his truth, that we should seek a higher level of righteousness, that we would be highly favored of him, that we could be instruments in his hands, that we would see the workings and the impact of, of, of the gospel on other people's lives to be a blessing. So I would encourage you, and you know, read the letter from the apostles, um, take some time to fast and pray this week, and really examine your life. Uh, you know, I have to admit that um, I have not made, you know, I, I find myself distracted by so many things that, that, uh, that I have not put the time into being a blessing to others that, that, um, that I could be. And, you know, uh, something that was pointed out to me by uh, one of the family members of one of the evangelists that I mentioned was that he didn't wait for God to give specific instruction about, I want you to go and bring food baskets to these people. When he saw people were hungry, he said, they need food, I'm going. I'm going to get some together and I'm going to do it. You know, we need to be of that attitude. That we're not waiting for God to give us exact direction, but that when we, when we would see something, that we would have love and compassion for people that we would want to just go out there and meet their need. So I would ask you to go before the Lord and pray and ask him to give you that love, give, him, give you a burden for the souls of mankind, give you a, an understanding of where maybe you could be more righteous and where you need to repent, that you might be an instrument in God's hands. May God bless you in my prayer. What a beautiful message of hope and desire. And as I was listening today to those beautiful examples that our brother Tim gave us, he gave us both natural examples and examples in the scripture of people who gave up their lives for Jesus Christ. I ask you today, is it easy to do that? Can we just flip a switch and without any thought, we just move down that road and follow the Lord? And there's a wonderful scripture in Proverbs, 13th chapter, the 12th verse, and it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Meaning, sometimes when these issues come to us and when the Lord prompts us to do something, it's a very hard decision to make. And we look inside ourselves and we struggle with that decision. And we say, is this for me? Is this really what he wants? And it's difficult to make that leap. Whether you were the brother that Brother Tim gave us the example of making plenty of money in the big city and moving to a reservation. Whether you're poor Mary, worried about what society would say about you as a young teenager who is now pregnant. And the rumors and the whisperings is what that would be like. Think of all the anxiety that that would bring to this young child. And the scripture says, but hope deferred makes the heart sick. What that might have felt within her heart that day when the angel came to her. But Proverbs goes on, it says, but when desire comes, 
it is the tree of life. Meaning when our spirit connects with the Lord and we understand that that is his plan in our lives, it becomes hope in our lives. It changes us. We become something different because we are led by him. And that sickness, that pain that we feel in our heart, that anxiety that Mary might have had, all of a sudden is gone because she's filled with the joy of Jesus Christ. And then there is no hesitation. So when desire comes, what does it do to you? If you read on, as Brother Tim read in the first chapter of Luke, Mary goes to um, Elizabeth's home, and she recites uh, what's called the Magnificat. And there's been many songs and many um, composers, Bach and many others going all the way back, have arranged music to this. And it's so beautiful. And there's this one song that I love. And it's this realization of Mary accepting God's call. And, she's, and it says in the song, it says, All my soul is yes to thee. So birth this in the earth through me. As you have said, so let it be. So let it be with me. You see, that was the desire in Mary. That it was this confirmation that no matter what the Lord had called her to do, she was comfortable. Her soul had united. It was one with Jesus Christ. And that was guiding her in her life. That no matter what came, no matter what rumor, no matter what anxiety she would face, through Jesus Christ, she now had the strength. And do you have that today? The scripture says it's not easy, but if you have the desire to serve Jesus Christ, will you let his will become yours in your life today? Will you let it be today? Will you let him into your life for baptism? Will you let him into your life to let him use the gifts that he has given you? Will you accept being different from other people because you have the light of Jesus Christ in your life? Is it easy? No. Not initially. But when Jesus Christ fills your heart and fills your life, it will be. As it has been in my life, as it has been in Brother Tim's life, when Jesus Christ comes in, there is nothing that can hold us back if we put our trust in him. So today we rejoice. We thank you for um, worshiping with us. We thank the mothers in how many different forms they've come. Like I said, whether it's an adopted mother, whether it's your natural mother, who have pointed you towards Jesus Christ. And there are times where it hasn't been easy. Where it, it does take sacrifice from a parent, from a loved one, from a friend, to reach out to other people to show the love of Christ. Yes, sometimes it dif it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard to have those tough discussions with people and pointing them towards the way. But for those loving mothers in my life, I thank you. I thank you for letting Jesus Christ guide you. Because I'm a better person today because of that love. And many others, not only in this branch, but around the country and around the world, their lives are changed because you let Christ's desire be yours. So we celebrate you today. We rejoice in the fact that we all have mothers in some form in our lives 
to point us towards Christ. So let us look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our mothers. More importantly, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who loved us so much, came into this world, and he suffered for love. For while we are yet sinners, he loved us, and we thank you. And there is no words that do justice the love that we have for you. Lord, we thank you for his ability to change our lives, that no matter where we come from, no matter what our backgrounds today, Lord, that we, when we accept you as our Savior, Lord, you can change us into something different, a new creature, something so beautiful in ways that we never imagined. So, Lord, we lift up your name today. We glorify your name because you love us. You have grace and you have mercy for us. I pray that you would be with our mothers today, our spiritual mothers, Lord, our natural mothers. Lord, I thank you for their examples in our lives. I pray that you might bless them as we celebrate today. I pray that you would be with the many who are affected by this virus, Lord, those who are out of work, those who are sick, those who are afflicted by it. I pray, Lord, that you might grant a healing to them. More importantly, Lord, that you, you might allow them to feel your spirit, that they might let you into their lives, that they might understand the peace and joy that Jesus Christ gives them. Lord, we love you. I pray that you might bless us as we go our different ways this week, that we might be examples of Jesus Christ to many others as we have experienced in our lives. We love you and we thank you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Have a wonderful day.